It was 20 centuries ago, almost exactly 20 centuries ago, in fact, the day of Pentecost had arrived, and our text tells us that devout Jews journeyed from at least 15 foreign countries to celebrate the Festival of Weeks, Pentecost. Many of us today assume that it was we Christians who invented Pentecost way back then. Throughout church history, after all, we have claimed the day as the church's birthday. The true story is that the festival began many centuries before Jesus, back during the years after the Israelites' release from slavery in Egypt. The holy day, one of the three most important in the Jewish calendar of the time, recognized the spring grain harvest about 50 days after Passover. By the time of Jesus, Judaism was no longer confined to just one nation. It had spread into other portions of Europe, Africa, and Asia. There were so many Greek-speaking Jews in the world, in fact, that the day took on a Greek name. Honoring that 50-day gap, Pentecost comes from a Greek word meaning 50th. The pilgrims had come together in a way that just would not happen in 2021. Epidemiologists nowadays would identify something like that as a super spreader event, one with terrible global impact. Even if the faithful back then were not experiencing a pandemic though, they nevertheless confronted other challenges. Each Pentecost pilgrim had brought along a unique universe, including all those differing cultures, customs, and languages. What united all these individuals was faith and tradition, a history of celebrating Pentecost together. So today we too come together. We come in faith and tradition. We, like our forebears, bring with us our personal stories and also a shared history. And like our ancestors of two millennia ago, we face challenges. And there are also powers which unite us. Much has changed, much is the same. Here is one difference. Our stories are different from that story of the road to Jericho, which our new high school graduates preached about so eloquently last week. Thank you, friends, thank you. Unlike that road in the Good Samaritan parable, when we travel now, those who see us coming and then cross over to the other side of the road are the good neighbors. Well, that is a little different. What, what has not changed is that we, God's people of today, are still too often stuck in divergent cultures, customs, languages, assumptions, levels of financial security, mask wearing, mask refusing, intergenerational suspicion, historians and dreamers, and we have political mistrust. We need to hear a voice. We need a voice and a vision to bring us together. Back to our lesson, the grand ancient festival became even more sensational, interrupted by flames of fire and by those voices. The apostles 
were able to use their voices in such a way that the Pentecost, Pentecost pilgrims understood. The people saw those flames and heard those voices. Maybe it reminded them of the story of Moses of the burning bush, the bush that burned intensely but was not consumed. So here we are, gathered in this moment, pondering these stories of flames and voices, asking if God still speaks, and asking another question too. It might be a more difficult one. If God does still speak, are we still able to hear God's voice? There is another Bible story for us to enjoy before we get too deep into those questions. Elijah, the prophet, was having not just a no good, very bad day. It was many challenging years. King Ahab and Queen Jezebel wanted him dead, and Eliza was deeply discouraged. He climbed a tall mountain, hoping to hear God's voice up there. There was a mighty wind. Elijah must have expected God's voice to be in the wind. It wasn't. Then there was an earthquake, which was followed by a fire. God was not in either of them, either. Then there was a silence. A silence. God was in the silence. Fascinating. Fascinating that Moses and the Pentecost pilgrims were not actively looking for drama, but saw and heard God in extravagant voices and tongues of fire, while Elijah, keenly searching for God, finally found God in silence. Isn't it like that for us, too? Sometimes when we really need a vision to guide us, God seems silent. At other times, when we just want life to be normal, back to the way it used to be, the flaming fire and the loud voices interfere, encroach even. This life of faith enterprise is just plain aggravating. And it is even more threatening to think that God sometimes wants us to listen attentively and at other times insists that we be the speakers. To say it in another way, the Spirit can drive us in many directions. Here are three. When confronted with injustice, we must speak truth to power. When we ourselves are involved, we remember St. Paul's admonition to speak the truth in love. And when there is more to learn, we listen for the truth in love. Here are some stories about God's voice in our time. The young pastor had finished seminary recently and had just begun serving a church in a small, quiet town. The phone rang. Reverend, the caller began, speaking with some agitation. Reverend, you need to get right over here. The caller was a local funeral director whose efforts to comfort a young widow were only making things worse. The pastor agreed to come and found the mortuary, the funeral director, and the new widow. She was in terrible shock and grief. Tell me about your husband. Those were the five quiet words out of the pastor's mouth. 
the widow began to tell her husband's story. The terror of the moment eased. The pastor didn't really say much else except a prayer of comfort at the end. The next day, the pastor's phone rang again. This time, it was the grieving widow herself. Thank you, pastor. Thank you for what you said yesterday. Hmm, hmm, the, hmm, the pastor silently mused. I hardly spoke. Yes, even when God's voice is barely perceptible, God still speaks. We are fortunate when we hear that voice. And we remember that sometimes we, seeking to be God's faithful people, also don't need to say very much. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it better. We should listen with the ears of God that we may speak the word of God. That young pastor had listened for the truth in love. Here's another story. The Presbytery of Denver is becoming a multilingual and multicultural entity. Near the beginning of this worship service, we heard the videotaped voices of many of the languages spoken each week in Denver Presbytery's worship services. In their own tongues, our fellow Presbyterians read Paul's wisdom about the varieties of gifts, all inspired by the same spirit and all those gifts working for the common good. We are fortunate to be reminded that our world we bring with us here in this place is a small element in this large universe. As we celebrate the church's birthday, we rejoice that we share this ministry with so many others, even those whose voices we hear only rarely and barely understand. In love, we grow by listening to each other, by hearing God's voice as our friends speak. Each one of us has experienced God's love in yet other ways, like seeing millions of stars in the nighttime sky, seeing and hearing the ocean at work, lifting our eyes to the mountains, experiencing something like Handel's Hallelujah Chorus, or watching a new baby's birth. The awe of the experience is so overpowering that our best response is humble and sacred speechlessness. And here's one more story. Perhaps you heard some of the clamor this week in our state's legislature. This noise was not the work of the Spirit. No one representative used a hurtful word to address a colleague. Other colleagues spoke truth to power, preaching to him with tongues of fire. The appeal to justice continued on the floor of the legislature the next day. But in the meantime, the one who spoke the wounding word met with another colleague. They listened to each other. Let us pray. Contemporary hymn writer Jane Parker Huber wrote our prayer. God, give us ears to listen and tongues aflame with praise, so souls of every nation glad songs of joy shall raise. Amen.